This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, because of the show or just life in general? Mostly the show. Oh, yeah. Well. Fuck life. Yeah, life in general is uh, it's a strange thing. It's also a good MXPX record. Oh, is it? Oh, is, there you go. Is there one of those? Yeah, they got some early. They got some early pop punk records that are pretty good. That's fucked up, actually. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't Appreciate. listened to them in a bajillion years. I'll have oh, to it's been a bajillion it. years for me. But life in general, you know, it's it's a decent record. That's funny. Touche, touche. Anywho. Any hook. Um, <laughs> you beat me to the punch, goddammit. Um, so, yeah, hey, everybody. Welcome to Strange Uncles. Uh, you know, holidays are over. I think at, by the time this drops, we will have New Year's in the bag. Thank Christ. And 2020 will be in the bag as well. Thank Christ. And then we can go from there. Yeah. And then we get to enjoy the shit show that I'm sure 2021 will be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Uh, 21 is telling or 2020 or what is it? 21 is telling 20. Hold my bear. Watch this or some shit. Oh, I caught God, some I meme going on. Uh, oh, we've yet to have the alien invasion that was promised to close out the year. So dagger. Hey, well, as of this recording, we still got a couple days. So don't jinx us. But yeah, there <laughs> may very well be an alien invasion soon. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. You know, despite everything, I will say, and you guys know, but I'll share with the listeners a little bit. I had probably the best Christmas I've had in a long time. Um, I talked about it a little bit, but the wife and I actually found a little lodge outside a National Park in Utah, one of the last ones we knocked out. And so we spent Christmas Day actually hiking. And you know what? There was nobody. We didn't see anybody on the trail. There's a few people up in the trailhead, but it was just like us and Mother Nature, and it was fucking awesome. Fuck you, and you're not lazy, hyperproductive asshole. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I literally sat on my couch and watched television. I don't think I got out of bed until 5 p.m. All day long. <laughs> Jesus, I, I got out of bed guys. at like 10.30, but like I just went, went from the bed to the couch, stayed there, ordered Chinese food, then went to bed again. <laughs> In my defense, my bed is incredibly comfortable and hard to get out of. You keep saying that. I kind of want to come over, but that'd be creepy. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to bite myself. Do you have a TV in your room? No. Okay. Because I, I don't have a TV in my room either. So I'd. I would probably have lost my job by now if I had a TV in my room. <laughs> Touche. I hate TVs. We got a TV in our bedroom because the wife goes to sleep with a TV, and I, that drives me fucking crazy. I don't like it. I couldn't do that. We, I yeah. used to, like back when I had roommates and shit, like we all had TVs in our rooms, and it was nice because you could watch whatever the fuck you wanted. Um, but I would also randomly realize it was like 4.30 in the morning all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I should have been asleep. So Right. Don't miss that. No, 
That's well. If it makes you guys feel any better, as much as the uh, hiking was cool and the park was cool, um, the wife did kick my ass at Ghostbusters Monopoly. So there is that. Well, there is that. <laughs> yeah, vengeance. It only it's took two days, my, but she but got me. How's your marriage? Well, I'm not talking to her yet, and it's been four days. So, <laughs> Monopoly has ended relationships. Oh yeah, that game is dangerous. Uh, Nana, you cheating whore! <laughs> I was, I was gonna buy um, Aubrey a The Walking Dead Monopoly set at that uh, crazy weird bookstore, and I was like, I don't want to play Monopoly though. Do I want to so, do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, it takes forever, and we're just gonna end up yelling at each other. So. Oh my Dude, god! Dude, I get I get medieval with Monopoly. It's good that I haven't played in quite a few years. Yeah, I get I finally get tired. I get to the point where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm done. Can we play something else? You know, and the wife's over there going, "Fuck you! I just built, I just put a, a ghost trap on that park, and you gotta." You I'm know, about like, to oh. be a billionaire, Shane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you gonna take that from me? God. Well, speaking of gambling and speaking of games, uh, we gambled and played a game, and we uh, reached out to a guest that we've had on before with a gamble in the game saying, hey, is he going to actually come back on? And guess what? He did, which was kind of cool. He did. He absolutely did. uh, Yeah. He's a great guy. I can't believe. uh, Well, I mean, he is a super awesome dude, so I guess I can't believe that he came back on. He's very personable, and, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, so we've had guests on in the past, and we've had a couple that are, are repeats. You know, Michael P. Masters is one. You know, he's been on a couple times just because, you know, the, the book's fantastic. The guy interviews well. He really has a passion for what he does. And uh, so does Thomas Winterton, which is the guy that uh, that we have on. In case you guys don't know, you know, he's off Skinwalker Ranch. Um, but that interview is coming up with him. And, uh, you know, it's always, I, I don't know, I'm always fascinated because, and, and we talked about this a little bit, and I don't think Thomas will mind, but it's the interviews are great. It's when the recording stops and it's like after hours, I guess. And he has all these stories that we can't air that are amazing. And I was like, yeah. oh, dagger. Uh, not, none of you will ever hear. Yep. It's just for us. Yeah, it's just for our earballs. <laughs> That's it. Sorry guys. Not even Patreons, yes. I don't think. My brain gets deleted after every time so that I don't accidentally spill the beans. I feel like he's kind of the I know the glue, I guess, right? You know, that kind of yeah. holds that stuff together. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. And also I just wanted to make a disclaimer that uh after we were done recording, we kept the conversation going. He did not give us any spoilers for season two so he good not yeah, good that. call not for this yes, separate he did, conversation yeah. he did not violate any contract or nda no. we nope. still have no clue about anything about season two really nope yep good call just to specify so, <laughs> yeah just to specify <laughs> just in case uh you know we come getting chased after uh but you know yeah he, he did come back and i thought it was awesome so we're about to kind of air that um i don't know you guys got any tidbits or follow-ups or anything on your side before you roll it no, I'm just excited for everybody to hear this interview, and it was just great talking to him again and seeing him. And um, yeah, just uh, get ready for just kind of a loose conversation with Thomas Winterton. Yeah, absolutely. A good catch up with an old friend. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way to put that. I thought that's that's awesome. So, uh, so anyway, listeners, enjoy. For those of you who have been listeners for a while, you may remember the guests we're about to have on from a bonus episode in Season 3 when we covered a new show on History Channel called Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. 
For those of you who may be new listeners, you are in for a treat. We have the pleasure of welcoming back the superintendent of the infamous ranch, Thomas Winterden, to fill us in on any new happenings, what's going on last season, and just whatever really we're really to talk about. We just can't wait to have him on. He's been a great guest first time. And so, Thomas, welcome back to Strange Uncles. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, by all means, you know. So um, I guess the first question, number one, uh, just to be kind of personal, how's your holidays? How's your family? How's everything going on your side? Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, what, a, what a year we've had, 2020, right? And yeah, the holidays are definitely different than in the past, but uh, the family's doing good, and uh, it, was, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I was glad to hear, and I, I think, yeah, you're definitely right. I, we talk about this all, all the time about 2020 and how it affects everybody. Um, and I do know we actually had you on twice. We had you on with your wife, Melissa. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so how is she doing and how's that endeavor going for you guys? Is that still going well? What you guys expected? You're still kind of into it? Oh, it's, uh, it's going really well. Um, you know, uh, it's always cliche. Every entrepreneur thinks they have the next greatest, bestest thing, right? And uh, we've all got the next billion billion dollar idea. But the fact of the matter is, is that what she's doing uh, with frequency, we're, we're going to change the world. And uh, it's going very, very well. Uh, we've got some exciting announcements coming up. And I'm going to tell you, we're, we're going to make some uh, eyebrows raise very quickly uh, with what we're about to embark on. So, uh, it's going great, and uh, that's actually, you know, my passion, and uh, it was great to come on and talk to you guys about that, share a little bit about what we're doing, and, uh, and yeah, it's going gangbusters. Matter of fact, uh, 2021, we're going to hit the ground running. we got we got a lot of big things going on right now. That's, that's exciting. Awesome. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I, it, we love to hear that, and that's fantastic. It was great having you guys on, and I, I think that just, you know, and, and we've had, uh, you know, we're all interested just into that topic when you talk about frequency and vibrations and how that works. So I waited with bated breath for whatever you guys have for 2021. Um, yeah, that, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you're still gangbusters with that for sure. So, Thanks. but, um, so we did have you on again, like we said in the intro in season three, uh, we actually covered Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch exclusively. We covered the episodes, kind of talked about them a little bit. Again, you were gracious enough to come on. Um, we well, were hoping that <laughs> since that time, maybe we had some new listeners that kind of came on board to our podcast, listening to what we're talking about. Uh, and mainly for those new listeners, you know, or anybody who, who I guess it still surprises me because when I talk to people, there's still quite a few people that don't know what Skinwalker Ranch really is or some of the background. Um, and I know this is kind of redundant on your side, Tom, but you know, if you don't mind giving just a brief intro of uh, that ranch, kind of, kind of a, kind of a rundown for anybody who really is, I guess, what John you say earlier, living underneath a rock, living that, under, <laughs> living under a rock, yeah, yeah, somehow yeah. you still haven't heard of this, right? Yeah, no, you have to. I this actually become my life. Uh, everywhere I go, that guess what we talk about, right? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Every trip to the go grocery store. Uh, I was even at a party in Salt Lake with some uh, with my wife and some friends here a little while ago, and, and I had somebody come up and they're like, "Man, I recognize you. I can't place where." So, <laughs> really, they, I didn't say anything, and they finally, like halfway through the party, recognized where they, or you know, figured out where they recognized me from. So, oh my god! Yeah, so it, it comes up a lot, but you know, Skinwalker Ranch 
is actually probably, well, not probably, Skinwalker Ranch, the most studied paranormal hotspot in the world. And I can say that just because of the amount of dollars that have been dumped into the investigation here, uh, the amount of publicity that it's received. And, you know, there's a lot of strange places on Earth. I think it's pretty well documented that there's a lot of places around the globe that experience strange, unexplained phenomena that takes place. Um, what really makes Skinwalker Ranch unique is the diversity and the just the the wide range of anomalies that take place here. Uh, the ranch has got a storied history, everything from cattle mutilations, poltergeist activity, UFOs, uh, orbs. Um, I mean, the, the lit, portals opening up, creatures walking out of the portals. Um, just, I'm trying to think of all the others, but you know, there's such a wide range of things that take place here. Electronics going crazy. Um, just the amount of things that take place on the ranch is really quite, um, un it's what makes it unique. And uh, I think that, well, I can tell you that every team member that's come onto this ranch that's part of the scientific investigation came on as a skeptic. Uh, none of us came on drinking the Kool-Aid thinking that, that, it really was what it had been built to be. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, some documentaries out there and some books, none of which I had ever read or watched. Um, I grew up here close to the ranch. I'd heard the stories and the legends in town and at school and, you know, in the community. Uh, there are a lot of things printed in the newspapers. Um, so anyways, the, the ranch is definitely a very famous paranormal hotspot and you know there's a lot of people that have never really paid attention to that paranormal world i definitely didn't really believe in it when i started uh i wasn't into that type of movie i didn't read those kind of books and had i not grown up here i probably wouldn't know about it either but um yeah it's a series season one of our series uh i think it exceeded a lot of expectations both at the networks and, and those that were keeping an eye on it and we're very happy with with uh, how well it did our our numbers were fantastic and uh, we're really excited for the second season to air here coming up soon. Are you guys, uh, have you guys wrapped production with that now or are you guys still filming? Yeah. So we filmed for uh, just shy of four months over the summer oh, Wow! and uh, wrapped filming and it's in the hands of the editors now. And um, the network has not released a air date, yet so we don't know exactly when it's going to air but uh and this is just my personal guess um and you know us team members just kind of are are guessing that they'll probably put us in the same spot that we were in last year uh which was i think last year's our first uh, episode aired on march 31st mm -hmm. so you know late spring sometime yeah right nice. makes sense yeah yeah what wait, was shifted uh, what was filming season two like from a production standpoint, considering like the pandemic and everything? Yeah. Well, we were really worried um, leading up to it. We were wondering if it was even going to, if we were going to be able to film because LA has obviously been shut down for decades now. And uh, <laughs> well, not really, but yeah, you know, they've been long. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we get it. <laughs> it <laughs> feels like decades. It, absolutely. <laughs> things like that and then all my credibility goes out because then it's like oh that guy just exaggerates <laughs> he just said decades oh my god 
Well, 2020 feels like a decade, all right? So, Absolutely. Um, the last 11 months have been the longest three years of my life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But so to answer your question, we were nervous. And, and to be honest, we didn't know if it was going to pull off clear up until, you know, within weeks of it actually starting production. And uh, the, the good news for us is the Una Basin out here was in, uh, you know, our state had different levels of classification and we were in, we weren't, we didn't have any restrictions out here. I think, through the majority of the pandemic, the Una Basin had three cases all summer. Oh, wow. And, and so we, we just didn't have it out here. And Utah was open for business. And so it was actually fortunate because most of the places that they typically do filming are like L.A., all the studios are shut down or they work. And a lot of the other productions that they were doing were shut down. And so it actually worked out well for us because the production company was eager to be able to have some place to go. And, uh, I mean, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. And so, uh, there were a lot of tight protocols. I mean, we had to take temperatures every day. They came around, took our temperatures. Oh. We were coming onto the ranch, uh, like frequent testing. Uh, and, uh, and then we just had to be really, really cautious when we left the ranch as to where we were at. And it was definitely something I, I refrained from doing some of our normal summer activities, uh, because, you know, I couldn't risk being in a crowd and contracting it and shutting the whole production down because I was selfish and wanted to yeah. go, you know, go have my fun. So it definitely, it, it, you know, we all we all had to be a little more careful than we were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sets for a different atmosphere, that's for sure. And and I think you really did luck out, being that you know when you filmed, it was kind of the beginning of that. Um, and and I, you know, I hate to ask, but I guess it is everything from. The film crew, of course, you guys, immediate staff, any, everybody was safe across the board, we're assuming? Yeah, so uh, we were really fortunate. We didn't have any cases of COVID that I'm aware of. Well, I know we didn't because uh, we would have had to shut down. Yeah, that, just shut <laughs> yeah. down. that was one of the agreements was that, you know, if, if we had any positive cases of COVID, we'd have to shut down and quarantine for the 14 days right. before we that just never happened so we were fortunate we none of us contracted it and uh we really didn't didn't have you know any major delays from it that's awesome i was a little worried when i heard every you know all these production companies were shutting down la is completely shut down one of my thoughts was like well they're supposed to be filming the new season of skinwalker They better not shut down production of that because, you know, we need that season two. So selfish. So <laughs> selfish. I'm, I'm a very selfish person, as you can tell. I'm sorry, but <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> yeah. What was that, sir? Um, so here's a quick question. I guess let's just kind of go back a bit. And I, I, you know, because obviously, you know, season one's a wrap. You know, most people have seen it. If, for you listeners who – have not watched it again. It was on History Channel. Um, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, very, very well made. And I, and I, you know, we talked about this uh, the first time we had you on. But what I find the the most fascinating part of the show, personally, and I think we all do, is you know you have so many different shows out there. You know, of course, we can name Travel Channel till the cows come home, but they're all very specified. You know, they're all about this or this, these specific things. Whereas uh, Secrets of Skinwalker isn't like that. You know, you have such a, a, a panoramic view of what we call high strangeness or supernatural that goes across the board. Um, 
when you were done filming and the reviews came and you looked at that and you, you briefly mentioned it a bit, but were you, were you really surprised to know like the outcome and, and the feedback and, you know, how well that show really did? Like, was that something that exceeded your standards, you and the staff, or was it something like, no, you know, we think, we think we got something here. This is really going to sell. Well, I'm an entrepreneur by trait. I'm an optimist. Um, and, uh, and so, again, I'll go back to, you know, everybody thinks that their idea is the best, greatest idea that's ever existed. And uh, when we filmed, season one was so incredible. Um, I mean, there were, there were things, obviously, you're filming for two or three months, and then you try to squeeze that down to eight episodes. You know, there were things that took place that just didn't make the cut. And, um, and we knew we had something special when we got, when we, when we started capturing some of those things, we knew that we had something special. And then it really comes down to, you know, how's this going to be edited? Um, how's it going to be, how's it going to show, right? There's a story to be told, but there's really a gift in being able to tell the story both accurately and in a way that, that makes it watchable, uh, so a lot of the science we do is so freaking boring that, you know, it watching paint dry would be much more entertaining than some of the things that we do out here. And, um, and so really we knew we had something special. I think that I knew, I knew we had a hit when, uh, I think, I think maybe episode one or two had aired and I was no, actually none of the episodes had aired yet. It hadn't aired. And I was in a meeting and uh, I was with some very wealthy, influential people outside of any ranch associations. These were, these actually were dealing with what we're doing with my wife's thing. And so mm. I was at this function and, and surrounded by uh, these, these were individuals from around the world. They'd flown in and, uh, and uh, they secretly start peeling me off because word had got around that I was on this show that was coming up and they, and so I have these very, uh, you know, people that I would not regularly think would follow this type of thing. Okay. They, they would peel me off privately and they'd want to talk about the ranch. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I'm obsessed with that stuff, but I can't let any of the guys at work know because if I did, you know, my credibility would <laughs> down the toilet. And these were attorneys. These were people in the government. These are people um, from all different walks of life, but they all were very have done very well in their chosen professions. And and every single one of them said they couldn't wait. And that's when I started to realize uh, that this topic really reaches a broad audience. I mean, uh, you've got obviously the the people that are fanatics about UFOs and the paranormal. And there's that whole group and genre over there. And then, you know, the kind that I've seen at alien cons and, and these different, uh, different conferences that are put on, I, I have to say the first time I went to one of those, I was super nervous because I'm thinking tinfoil hat, like, <laughs> you know, the guy that's living in his mom's basement in the Mojave desert, you know, these wackos. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Mom, we need more pepperoni pizza. Yeah. 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 In his underwear down in the basement. Right. And <laughs> you know, like, I hate to stigmatize, 
or, you know, stereotype. But that was my thinking. That was my, that's what I thought the whole paranormal world was. Yeah. And then you go up and you find out actually, uh, you meet a whole generation that grew up with Star Trek and Star Wars. And these are people that went on to become software developers and techies and, and actually really smart, intelligent people. And, and they have this fascination with, you know, what lies beyond. Yeah. And then you start getting into this group that I was in and you find out, you know, you get these individuals that are super successful. And, uh, and you, I look at Bigelow's and, and the Elon Musk's and the Brandon Fugles and these people that have done very well and they've conquered their arena and I almost think they kind of look around and then it's like, well, what's like, I've conquered my domain. What right. else is out there? And you start thinking about beyond yourself. And, and so when I started to see that, I realized that our show was going to have a lot of appeal to broad audience and maybe half of them won't admit that they watch it, but, uh, but that, you know, it was going to appeal. So when the ratings came out, um, it was more of a relief that, the ratings matched the expectations. I think mm-hmm. we're super relieved. And, and I have to say, I think we are a little surprised. I don't know that any of us expected it to do as well as it did. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. I think it, I think it exceeded everybody's expectations a little bit. What well, was uh, one of history's top rated shows? Wasn't it? So uh, yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm like the worst details guy in the world. I can <laughs> give you the best hundred thousand foot overview of stuff, but so don't quote me on all this, but I believe that we were the highest rated show to air on history channel in a decade. Um, oh. you know, the, um, and then, you know, most weeks we were like either sec two or three, as far as highest rated television show, you know, if you take Fox out of there, Fox news obviously dominates, but you know, take, take Fox out and we did really well. We were like number two or three on cable television. I'll take that any day. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, do you guys, is the same crew back for season two? Is there any new team members? I don't know if you can even discuss that, but, um, well, you know, like I say, we, uh, there has been a, we have done one or two media appearances. And so I can share whatever was shared there because it's already out in the public. Um, so yeah, um, you know, most of our core team is back um, and uh, we try to move forward, pick up where we left off in season one. You know, season one, as you guys saw, I think one of the biggest complaints I got about season one was you guys didn't follow up on anything, right? Like phones <laughs> right? in the cement room you didn't follow up on, or what about the hole that Travis got swimming at it in, or what's that object under the road out there by Homestead 2, or what happened to the weather balloon? Right. There was... We did all these experiments, but then it's just like, okay. And, uh, well, you only had what nine episodes, eight episodes to do yeah. it in. So, so season two really gives us a great opportunity to evaluate what took place in season one and then decide, you know, what is it that we want to continue to follow up on? What merits more investigation? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so hopefully, uh, you know, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but hopefully as season two unfolds, uh, we can dive d- further down the rabbit hole on some of these things from season one. Yeah. Well, and that's, we want to get in that. We're going to take a quick break if you don't mind, Thomas. Um, and we're going to come back and, and some questions again, not, you know, spoilers or anything, but I guess just uh, methodology, I suppose with season two, um, what you learn with and everything else. But if you don't mind, uh, stand by and we will be, uh, we'll be right back. 
Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, everyone, we're back with Thomas Winterden, um, again, superintendent of Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, and I guess one thing we're wanting to know on our side, of course, you know, so season one aired, you had a you had a certain methodology that you guys got together, what you're going to do. And, and I and I and John and Josh, if you want to add on or correct me or whatever have you, but it was something along the lines of um, more of observational science, not necessarily you know, we're trying to get readings. We're trying to rec- we're trying to find something more of a. Well, let's step back and let's try this. Let's see what reacts to this, and let's do more observation than anything. When you went through season one and and you did that and you did all the experiments we had, um, did that prep you or change your guys' viewpoints on where you wanted to go going into season two? Oh, <clears throat> I think I think absolutely, and the reason is is because. You know, Eric Bard has always said, we're going to be led by the science. And, uh, you know, the whole issue of no digging, uh, I, I think um, there, there were a lot of things regarding the digging issue. I mean, that's, that's a big subject in itself, but that's a perfect example of it's not that we were against the digging. I mean, there seemed to be some type, some data that suggests that digging could be harmful here on the ranch. And obviously we've got a legend that's been passed down to us or the lore, uh, this, this, uh, paradigm has been passed down that, Oh, bad things happen when you dig. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. bad things have happened on the ranch. Bad things has happened during the same time that digging was taking place. Um, now then the question remains, do that, are the two correlate, you know, is one causing the other? Right. And I, th- I always get this mixed up, but I, you know, Eric's always said correlation is not causation. And, uh, and, and so it's not that he was against digging. It's not that I'm against digging. It's that let's let the science lead us to that point. And if the data that we're getting tells us that something's happening below the surface of the ground, by all means, let's dig. But just to go dig a hole to dig a hole and, and say that we're digging, uh, we don't want to do that. And so as far as like the things that happened in season one, you, you do an experiment. And then the scientific method is, is that, uh, one, you, you need to try to replicate whatever your rep- results are, right? For me to say that digging is bad, that would mean every time I go dig, something bad happens. And, and you know that when you do one – this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so based on the things that happened in season one, we definitely got together as a group and you take a look at the results. And then based on what we saw in some of our readings, and I have to say that Eric was still, um, both Eric and Travis were still diving into the data of season one when we were preparing for season two. I mean, Oh, uh, I'll give you an example uh, of, just how meticulous Eric Bard is, is you, you guys saw the cell phones wigging out on the show. 
Yeah. 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 Well, when we have a piece of equipment, equipment malfunction, uh, Eric Bard, in some cases, we, we've had cell phones that have done some really bizarre things here on the ranch. And Eric will actually secure that device, you know, whether Brandon's got to buy him a new phone or, or a new meter or whatever it is. And Eric takes possession of that device. And he's a plasma physicist. Um, I believe he's an electrical engineer. Um, but he will take that device and start testing. He'll get it down to the to the microchips, and he'll start testing every resistor, every microchip huh. in the, on that electronic and try to find out why it's failing. He's very familiar with computer code. He does a lot of coding himself, and he'll dive in. And some of these things that he – sometimes it'll take him a month of just – diving into that device hmm. and then try to determine why it failed or what caused it to do that and then try it and see what he can do to replicate it. And so you can imagine all the experiments that we did from season one that we were sitting on such a huge mountain load of data that Eric spent all winter and, and all spring trying to go through and, and meticulously analyze. And then based on that, when we get together together, you know, leading up to production of season two, he was able to say, you know, here's, here is um, some of the surprising results, or this is from that. And then him and Travis, uh, along with the rest of us determined, you know, where we should take it from based on those results. So the science is definitely leading the investigation and whatever results we get definitely influences what, what we're going to do. This is not a scripted show by any means. And it's, it's also one of the scary things is you come on here and nothing's scripted. So we don't – like it, you have 10, 10 episodes to fill and you just pray, you know, that you're going to be able to right. – And uh, because we, it's not like we're coming out here and say, okay, episode one, we're going to do this. And episode two, we're going to do that. It's we're going to do this experiment and based on whatever happens that, then we'll go from there. And, uh, and so it, it's been an interesting process. So is the phenomenon still cooperating with that and being still pretty strong and, and frequent in, in its activity, or has it died off a little bit, if you can answer that? Well, I'll answer in general. Uh, I can't speak specifically to season two, but in general, um, the ranch ebbs and flows like anything else. And uh, we go through periods of time where it, the, the ranch will be extremely active and we'll just we'll see a lot of anomalies taking place. And then we'll go through periods of time that are relatively quiet. And sometimes you get, you start thinking, Hmm, maybe, like, maybe it's done. Maybe it's yeah. not happening anymore. And just when you start to think, well, maybe we're not going to see anymore. Then all of a sudden stuff starts happening again. And so there is this kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't, I hate to even call it a cycle because if it was a cycle, <clears throat> then we determine a methodology of, Oh, every February we see, Right. Yeah. There's no room or reason to it. We haven't been able to establish any patterns as of yet, but there is a pattern that we have times when it's very active, times when it's not active at all, and it just ebbs and flows. And um, uh, as far as season two, um, it, I, I'm very excited for season two to air. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of amazing things that people are going to see in season two. Um, I'm, I'm probably more excited for season two than season one. I'm, I'm very interested to see 
Uh, I mean, we've got almost four months of filming, so it'll be interesting to see what makes a cut and what doesn't. Yeah. But you know how they put it together. I'm not sure how they're going to put it together. But, uh, see, I, I, I will just say that season two was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Wow. So, uh, season one was a complete joy. I had so much fun filming. And season two was a job that a lot of days I didn't want to go to work. Wow. Wow. That's wow. That's something he said. Um, quick question. When you talk about and, and it sounds like really you don't, but when you talk about you have four months of filming and then, you know, it goes to the cutting room floor and they're going to edit and do whatever they want to. Do, do any of you on the team have any say in really what, you know, hey, look, we think this here was an impact. You know, we want to make sure that this is included in. Do you feel like, do you have a say in that or do they already really have a pretty good know-how as far as what they want to put in there, telling the story, telling the patterns, telling what the experiments are doing? How's that situation? How's that whole thing work? Yeah, well, I will say that um, it has been a privilege to work with Prometheus. Um, I mean, I, I've, when, when I signed on to do this show and uh, I had some friends that have been involved in reality shows and they, they all had horror stories to tell me about production companies and producers and the gotcha moments and uh, you know, the drama they try to cause. And Prometheus has been, has been professionals in every sense of the word. Uh, and they've, they have kept a high level of respect uh, for every single person. I, I, I've been very impressed at how respectful they've been to everybody from, you know, the lowest guy on the totem pole up to the highest. And uh, I feel like, I, I think we've all felt like we've been treated really fairly. And part of that is, is um, the door was always open for all of us. And uh, the producers were always really good about uh, sitting us down um, like I say, the science leads the show. So it was based every, everything we did was the producer sitting down with the scientists. And then, you know, as part of the scientists, uh, then, then we've got to pull, I'm brought in because I, you know, if we're going to do an experiment, it's my job to make sure that we got the power, the internet, that we can even get to that location on the ranch. You know, I'm kind of the logistics guy. Then you've got Bryant or dragon, you know, and his, he, his main job is to keep us all safe. And then, so when we're doing an uh, experiment, you know, he, he's looking at it from a safety standpoint of what we're going to have to do to make sure that, that the area is secure and safe and nobody gets hurt. And, uh, you know, Jim making sure that we're staying in good with the local, the neighbors and the, the tribe. So as a team, we work really well. And, and the, the producers were very respectful to get our input and uh, they were always very respectful and, and wanting to know what was important to us, um, you know, after after or even during the experiments. They're pulling us to the side. They're asking our opinions. We're doing, you know, we're doing these, uh, we call them uh, OTFs, on-the-fly interviews. But, uh, and, and that was always our chance to tell them what we felt was important and what was going on. And I, I'll have to say, like, you know, there was times when there's a little bit of heated debate as far as we felt like maybe something was more important than they did. But, you know, from television standpoint, it may be hard to communicate that to the audience. And that, you know, the, the rule that we've been, that's kind of been told throughout 
entertainment all of and all the production guys say that, that that's what they learned in school is that you know if you you got to really tell it like on a I, I forget like on a fifth grade level and if you can't explain it on a fifth grade level you're going to lose the audience right and obviously there's a lot of people out there that could go way beyond that but you're you're trying to reach the broadest audience as possible and so there would be disagreement you know like this we feel like this is something really significant and then the discussion is, well, yeah, but how how are you going to show that? Like, how are you going to relay that to the audience? And if they don't get it, then you just lost a whole segment. And, and you know, every minute is precious. So um, we do have a say as far as like right now, while it's being produced and cut, I, I don't have a clue. And uh, I'm going to get to I'm going to get to experience it with the rest of you guys. And uh, mm-hmm. I have to say it is nerve wracking because uh we have microphones and cameras on us, you know, 12, 16 hours a day. And who knows <laughs> <laughs> what comes out, what doesn't. <laughs> but uh, so there, there is, a, it is a little nerve wracking to think. Uh, I, I'm not sure how this will play out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if season two was just like going through the data and conclusions from the experiments of season one, I'd still be all in. Yeah, I'd watch that totally. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. And I think that's what's so neat about the show. And I think that's what makes it stand out amongst anything else that's in, you know, what they call the 40 in field is the experiments and the replicating, the troubleshooting that, well, you know, it, it can't be this and it can't be this. The deduction process of trying to eliminate all these other things to try to get to what facts may be, you know, and, and you don't see that a lot in, well, I'll fine. You don't see that at all in reality TV. You know, you just, it's a lot of, shh, you smell that and, and it just gets so tiresome for everybody. You guys yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you don't want to get a little bit personal, Thomas, we know, you know, we've interviewed you before, interviewed you before, and we, we saw it on season one. Um, you had some health issues that occurred. You had some things that occurred. Uh, how, how is that? How are you? How are, is there anything that, uh, you know, recurring or anything is all that stable as, as far as that's concerned? Um, you know, that's a great question. I appreciate, I appreciate your asking it and I appreciate, uh, people's concern. I, I am actually touched as I go out and people are, you know, concerned about my health and how I'm doing. And, um, you know, I feel great. My health, health, health wise, I'm great. Um, the ranch, excuse me, the ranch, I always wondered why Bigelow sold the place. You know, here's this amazing place and here's Bigelow. And, and there's been a lot of reasons told, you know, it's interest in other places than that. But um, this ranch has an effect on the person and uh, it's very real. And so while my physical health is good and um I think the reason season two was so hard is uh, this ranch gets you to where you're starting to question what reality is. Um, you know, I have to go, I have to put extra effort in, make sure I stay grounded, make sure that, that uh, it, Travis, Travis Taylor said it best. Um, you know, we were doing an interview together. There was a group of us and, uh, and Travis said, this Skinwalker Ranch is death by a thousand paper cuts. Oh. And uh, 
And I have to agree with that. And so while I'm healthy, I, I, I think about that statement and I think I got to be approaching paper cut number 600 or 700 because <laughs> hmm. uh, wow. I feel it wearing on me. And uh, I, I think that the ranch definitely has a lifespan on it. Uh, this, this is not something I'm going to be able to do forever. And, uh, and that has me concerned. I, I do battle with a few things cognitively that, uh, that, you know, while I'm not overly worried, they are concerned and, and, uh, something I keep close eye on. Yeah. I knew it seemed like you were struggling with it a bit earlier this spring. When we talked to you, you were saying how kids were asking how long, how much longer you were going to be working on the ranch and everything. So, yeah. I mean, you can only, you can only do what you can do, you know, when it's yeah. quitting time. Well, you know, to be credible and, and to be able to work on this investigation, you have to, you have to, uh, uh, there's a le level of credibility. I think that's required to be able to be part of this investigation. Mm -hmm. And when it gets to the point that I'm questioning myself so much that I can't even determine myself, you know, uh, when I when I pass that threshold of credibility with myself, it's time to walk away. And uh, and when that day comes, that's that's what's going to happen. And uh, and it's just going to be what it is because uh, you know I look at all the people that have occupied this ranch, and uh, it's it's interesting. I I'll tell you. Um, I think one of the big mysteries of this ranch is the fact that um, everybody from the Bigelow's day is locked up tight with NDAs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the caretakers that were here when we took over the ranch, uh, great people, um, uh, loved them to death. They're just good people. Uh, lived here almost 20 years. And, you know, under an NDA, can't, can't talk and yet wow. I know for a fact and I, and I say that for a fact because um, there are things that I'll never share but there's stories to be told and uh, and I pray that that someday they're going to be allowed to be told because uh, the individuals I, I think that every person that has spent any significant amount of time on this ranch uh, has some stories to tell. Now, you know, I, I actually read a few articles recently where people claim to have spent a lot of time on this ranch and they don't have any uh, experiences. But then I start digging deeper and find out that there may be some agendas there. So uh, it's it's hard to say. But I, I know I know that there are the people that have spent time here. Uh, it's affected them greatly, very 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 much, and. Uh, it's my hope someday that those NDAs will be released. You know, they'll be released from those NDAs and we can, we can start to hear more of the story of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. I mean, even not just for our curiosity's sake, but just, I think them being able to talk about it would probably be helpful to their own, like um, sense um, of closure and mental yeah. health and all that kind of um, stuff. Emotional yeah. well-being. Yeah. I mean, that says something, you know, like, see, I, I, I feel, you know, that it, it really, it, it's not as much of a physical thing as, a, as it is just an emotional well-being. You know, how do you, you know, how do you experience these things and go through these things and not have it just, just emotionally drain you 
and and keep that in check. And and I and I can imagine that you're not the only one, Thomas. It really feels that. I, I'm 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 sure other people on the team, and not that you can't speak for them, but I, I'm sure they feel the same the same thing. You know, we've talked about it before that you know we've done excursions out there near the ranch, and there's just something about that atmosphere and that area that just I don't know, you know, it, it really just wears you down for the count. And 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 we're only just amateurs that spend a few days up there trying to figure out what's going on. And and it uh and it and it wears so I, I can't even imagine, you know, being in your shoes and, and your team's shoes and uh and, and making it work. It's just it's just amazing. So Yeah. Well I you know I can't I will I, I won't speak for others, but I will just say that I'm not alone in those statements. Yeah. And, something I can say for a fact. Yeah. So. Well, let's, uh, we kind of got a little sullen, but we did care about your health. We want to ask you about that because you did have some, some, uh, affliction that, uh, you know, concerned everybody. Um, but on, on the other note of it, you know, of course we're all, all waiting for season two. We're waiting for what, what is coming out on season one. If you have to look back on the highlights or I, not even a season, but you know, just your time out there during that, that jurisdiction and doing your experiments, was there one thing that stood out more than something else for you that was an impact, something you felt this made a greater importance for what you guys experienced, experiments you did, anything you can kind of highlight from season one and doing that? Yeah. Well, um, for me personally, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways from season one was, you know, we're picking up these radio frequencies. Um, we're, we're, we're getting these radio frequencies that are that are uh, maxing out our, our um, trifold meters, and you know we did we did a haphazard triangulation exercise, and I say haphazard, you know we're using coffee cans and uh, and meters, but uh, but that triangulation happened to point us to a place on the ranch. Where then in I don't remember what it is episode four or five when we lose the weather balloon, right? Um, well, that weather balloon flew up exactly through the center, right where this triangulation, you know, where we triangulated that we were getting these signals from, and it happens to be just up in the air and uh, visible. You know, there's nothing visible up there, so there's like this invisible energy field that's that's triangulating these these frequencies down and uh and then we launch a weather balloon up through there and it's got a very robust gps tracker on it that's never failed before with uh uh, matt said that he's used that same exact tracker and he said it's been through tornadoes and rainstorms it's been run over and we're talking about a very robust piece of equipment and the last tracking signal that it gives us is at that point at the exact elevation that we had triangulated and that's the last time we hear from that particular piece of equipment and uh, I, I find that very significant in the fact that um, you know <laughs> Eric got a lot of crap we all got a lot of crap for episode one when it's like Eric show him what's in the case right <laughs> yeah episode two Case opens and there's a magnet and, and, uh, you know, very anticlimactic <laughs> things, but it's one of the things, you know, we talked about scientific method being able to replicate. 
that is one of the things that Eric has been able to replicate some of the artifacts that we've seen on electronics is a strong electromagnetic field, uh, specifically when the field is moving. So when he takes that magnet and moves it, he can, he can reproduce that artifact on the phone. Now, why is that interesting? Well, when you start looking into the effects that, that, uh, you know, electromagnetic, uh, radiation and interference can have on a person's health, you start to realize it can affect what people see. It can affect what they hear, can affect what they taste, what they sense. Uh, you start to do that and you think, and so for me it's significant because I'm thinking, well, if there's something to it and, and from just those two experiments of the triangulation and then losing the weather balloon and having it zap out at that exact spot, um, it, it starts to look like maybe Eric knew more, you know, maybe Eric has a really good idea better than what we thought of what's going on. And, uh, and maybe, no, I'm not saying it does or it doesn't, but maybe that could account for some of the other things that we see on the ranch, you know, mm -hmm. am I really seeing something standing out there or is it simply the electromagnetic radiation affecting the signals in my head and making me think that I see something like that. To me, it's very real. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, you know, my eyes, my brain's telling me it's there, but it, the signal's not coming through my eyes. Me personally, and, and, you know, again, taking it back to what I'm involved with off the ranch with my wife, and, and we're very much involved in frequency and that kind of stuff. Anything to do with frequency, energy, um, definitely has my attention. I think out of season one, that was the thing that was the most um, impressive to me. Were there any um, experiences that maybe didn't make the final cut of season one that you felt were significant or that you uh, would like to talk about? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, um, here's the funny thing is uh, as you guys saw, uh, I wore the same outfit every day as did the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, while not giving a lot away, I just say that um, it's possible that maybe if something didn't make it in season one, it could it could show up somewhere in season two. So I don't even dare talk about that. <laughs> I don't think it would be inserted and we'll see it show up in season two. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. That's funny. That's amazing. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, John, Josh, you have any other questions? I mean, I, I'm just, I'm ecstatic just to see, just to continue the adventure with you guys. I, and I, and I really feel like that's what it is. I mean, we, you know, I, again, just everything that's felt and everything that's done in the show is it's different. It's unique. Um, I can't, I can't wait to see it. I, you know, hopefully one of these days we get to meet you in person, you know, this whole, you yeah. know, I guess there's a pandemic going around. So, you know, there's that. But yeah. when that all winds down, but that was 2020. We're back. We're into 2021. That was that. We're done with that, aren't we? Uh, yeah, that's exactly how that works. I think <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, midnight uh, January first. Did, did you uh, see those action figures that uh, Brandon posted that came out? I love. Oh, that. I meant to ask you about that. I... Uh, uh, what's your opinion on those? <laughs> You know, I love Brandon because that guy is just an open book. Like, he's so transparent. And 
sometimes he posts things and I'm like, wow, I, I didn't think that that was going to go public. Um, so, uh, Brandon's fiance, you know, commissioned these uh, action figures for him for Christmas. And he had reached out to us behind the scenes. And so the funny thing is, is that I believe they even talk because. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> like a, a simple voice clip. Uh-huh. I knew that he was getting them for Christmas. Um, but I just thought it was going to be one of those private things that's in his office. So, that, so when I saw it on Twitter and Facebook, I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I have to say it takes a little bit of getting used to, you know, I, I, I have to, to keep myself from getting embarrassed. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a you know it's so funny because you know I mean Brandon Fugel now we know the name you know we you know of course he's you know realty and, and what he does but uh, you know started following him on Twitter and and you're 100 percent right Thomas it is his transparency and what he decides he's going to talk about and re- respond back for and action figures he's going to show for like it just is it, it, it's really it's unique. You know, because he he doesn't have to. He's in a, a certain status where you know that's not. He doesn't have to partake in that, but he does, and and it's really kind of neat. It adds another character, you know, that you wouldn't think would be there. You know, I think that's really cool. Well, I've had the pre- I've had the privilege of being around Brandon not only in the ranch setting but also in his real estate setting, and uh, I've had the you know I've had the privilege to tag along with him on on various occasions uh in his real estate so, and i'll tell you the the brandon fugle in the real estate world is uh completely different i mean that guy that guy is the best at what he does i put him up against anybody in the real estate world and and you go around to uh some of these individuals who are just giants in the real estate industry and i'm talking worldwide you know uh, colliers is one of the top three real estate firms in the world and uh and brandon's right up there and uh, i put him up against anything and and you watch the brandon fugle in the real estate and the way he is with contracts and uh, i mean he's incredible to watch he's on task he's on point and it's been fun to see him on twitter and facebook because really people are people are getting a glimpse into the brandon fugle outside of the real estate where he's willing to let his guard down just a little bit share the action figures or or talk about his favorite rock band or his favorite, uh, and and so I've I've kind of enjoyed it in the fact that people are getting a glimpse. He's a he's an incredible human being. I can't say enough good about him. Um, you know he he's got the success and the wealth and and the power and all those things that go with it. And yet uh, at his core, he's just one of the most decent, uh, authentic, transparent human beings that I've ever met. And uh, I feel extremely privileged to work close with him and, and uh, he's just, he's just an outstanding human being all the way around. I mean, you know, he's not perfect. He's got flaws. They're there if you look, but just, he's just an outstanding uh, individual, amazing businessman and, and, uh, and a fun friend. I mean, you get him behind the scenes and uh, he, he is one of the funnest people to hang out with that, that I have in my social circle. So he's very, very well-rounded individual. 
That's a, that's amazing. I, I think that's amazing. And you know what? You, you you got a hell of a team, number one, including yourself, Thomas. You know, I think everybody fits well together. Uh, everybody just contributes to each other together. I, I think it's just amazing. And that's what's fun to watch it, too, because it really looks like it. It's you. You guys are all interested. Like you really have a passion for it. You're not just going through the moves. And that shows. That shows when you see you guys on screen and you see the collaboration you're doing. Um, and, and I don't know, on behalf of us here at Strange Uncles, we just, you know, we appreciate that and we say thank you because you don't see that a lot in reality TV for sure. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was one of the agreements when Brandon signed on to do this uh, production and that was that we'd use his team. He said, I've already got a team established. We're not doing casting calls or any of that stuff. Uh, we're using our team and we're staying authentic. And uh, if you guys deviate, we're walking. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've, we've made that clear that if, if they want to deviate from that, we're, we're done. So, uh, yeah. you know, we hope that this, uh, this great endeavor can uh, continue publicly for a long time. And, uh, you know, we're grateful for everybody that's tuned in and watched. Awesome. Yeah. Th thanks for your time. I, I, um, John, Josh, you have anything to follow up with or no, just, Appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come talk to a few yahoos like ourselves. Yeah. And uh, keep us posted on uh, those new developments you alluded to with um, with the app and everything. Definitely interested to see where that goes. Yep. Okay. yep. Yeah. Well, you'll be reading about it. So uh, Fantastic. It, it, we're, we're planning on making some big shockwaves here. So, uh, yeah, awesome. we'll stay, keep in touch. Now we'll yes. promote you wherever we can. You know, you got you and your wife are are, are great people, and um, you know, I hope your health goes well. Hope everything else goes well. Looking forward to season two. Thomas, is there anything else that you want to promote or mention or anything on your side that we can help you with? No, uh, you know, you you guys are actually one of my favorite pot. You know, the reason I come, well, this is my third time, and uh, when when I asked permission to do this, uh, it came up that I had already been done an interview with you guys but uh you're definitely one of the the funner you know they've all been good but you guys are are fun to visit with and i appreciate you having me on and you know encourage people to go download the resonance meditation app it's on the uh, apple app store and the google play store but other than that no yeah absolutely thank you for the kind words appreciate it we always love having you on hopefully we make it a fourth time fifth time and and you know it's uh it's kind of nice because it's just like talking to a friend and, and it makes it nice and hopefully it comes off that way for the listeners for sure so yeah, but um sure. thank you for your time thomas take care of yourself and uh we will look forward to season two and hopefully one day we'll shake your hand in person sounds great thanks guys all right thanks appreciate it thomas Always great to have him on. I, you know, and again, it's so funny after hours talk and, and like your disclaimer, you know, yeah, nothing about season two, nothing about any of that. It's just his, uh, you know, his backstories, you know, the people he meets and, you know, the, uh, the tribal members that they're befriending as they do the show and they go on and those stories. And, you know, it, it's just always enlightening. And I, I think one thing that he said during the, uh, during the interview is just that whole area, Utah Basin. It's got a mystery about it. It's not just that. And we've said this before, but that ranch, just because there's a fence around it doesn't mean that the weirdness stops at the fence. You know, yeah. there's so much more in that basin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, it just has a rich history. Um, 
and there's a lot more mysteries than just skinwalker um and if you've ever been in that area you'll you just you know like yeah you're just in that area and you can you can feel it yeah it's yeah it's a special place for sure yeah and, and we talked about it before where it just literally man it wears you down you know most camping trips i go on you know you feel good after you come back from a camping trip man it took it took a few days to kind of bounce back and get your emotions back and your energy back it, mm-hmm. it's just weird it's a weird vibe um and and honestly you know I, I i personally and you guys probably you might have a different opinion i i don't I don't know if it's a it's a bad vibe or a good vibe. It's just it's just different, and it wears on you differently. It wears on your psyche a bit, you know. So yeah. when he was talking during the interview about, you know, season two, and again, you know, if they released anything, but it, but it was hard. It was hard for him. You know, it was different yeah. from season one. You know, he had health issues in season one. He you know affected his family a bit. Uh, all that really hits home. You know, it, it's very personable. It's one of the reasons that we love to have Thomas on because he, that's one thing he really is. He's very personal with what, what he wants to say and how he wants to put that out there. But, uh, you know, I, as much as we're just, we're biting at the bit to try to, oh, we'd love to go to Skinwalker Ranch. We'd love to be on that ranch. I, you know, could any of us spend three or four months on that ranch? I, I, I can't yeah. say that I could. I can't say I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, and I mean it's like this entertaining thing for all of us, for a lot of people. You know, we we look to it to you know entice our imaginations, and we're entertained by it. And this is, you know, this is real life for him and his colleagues and everyone that's a part of that ranch. Um, it's it's real, and yep. it has real life, real world effects on him and those people involved so yeah yeah. for us it's entertainment for him it's like daily life which is which can be taxing and exhausting oh yeah Yeah. absolutely well and he said it too he says you know man there was times where you know he wasn't sure if he wanted to get up and do it again you Mm -hmm. know because it it just it really wears on you you know when you're when you're inside the play and you live in the play every day it, it you know it changes the scenario completely you know yep yeah. So, but how much anyway. do you guys think of like the weird vibes and how draining it is being up there? Is like actual environmental stuff and like us just being like super keyed up because we're there and just being like hyper vigilant and wearing ourselves out. I think for us, I think for us as amateurs and just going up there, almost like ooh, you know what's going on? And we're 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 going up there for somewhat entertainment value also you know trying to maybe we can get some reading on some yeah we're hoping to or something we're hoping to see something but you know but i mean i think a lot of it is is psychosomatic is that the right word like i think yeah a lot of it is we're doing to ourselves because yeah we're keyed up we're juiced up we're ready to be entertained and we're it's you know you get a bunch of friends over and tell ghost stories and it's like oh we're so scared you know <laughs> right right, like, right yeah like like I've had all this adrenaline and now I'm just fucking tired yeah. yeah well okay so with that being said and you're right I agree with you I think some of it is you know self induced right yeah and I'm strictly but, speaking for us right right, right, I, right, I, right like right. I was asking specifically what do you guys think when we yeah. go there yeah. well so I, I've got a little bit so I agree. But I got a little bit different thing to it. And and so remember when he was talking about 
frequencies and energy and how that affects, you know, he, you know, cause we asked him, Hey, what's your favorite experiment you did? What do you really think was a highlight of season one? What you guys experienced? And you talked about the weather balloon and how it triangulated and it did this. Um, one thing that I've learned being part of the other group that I'm with, uh, Ochre Paranormal, and I've never heard of the term before till like three years ago was a fear cage. So when you, you know, you walk in certain houses, especially older homes that aren't grounded, they have, um, you know, electrical conduits that are around or whatever have you, there's different frequencies and things. They call it a fear cage. And there's times when Mike Purdue, again, off Ochre Normal Investigators, he'd walk into a little home and somebody would say, hey, I've, you know, I, I feel like something's watching me, or, you know, which is common, common a lot for, you know, haunted houses, obviously. And everybody, you know, correlates that together. But it's not exactly the fact that, you know, your house is haunted. It's the fact that, number one, it's not grounded. It's not you have these electrical conduits that are crossing back and forth. And it literally, between the hertz and the frequencies and, you know, the microwaves and, you know, because when you talk about electro, so electro currents that are going through, there's different frequencies they play with. And if they all convolute each other, it screws with your psyche. And you do see things and you do. So when he mentioned that, that really struck a chord with me because he was talking about, you know, when we think we see something, are we really seeing it? Or is it something that's playing with our mind because it's screwing it up? Mm -hmm. And and common in ghost hunting, I suppose, it's called a fear cage. And and so I just correlated those two together. And and I don't know, you know, it's just something that. I mean, that definitely makes sense. And that definitely. Sounds very reasonable. It's like a Faraday cage for your fear. A Faraday cage. <laughs> you just wanted to use that term, dude. <laughs> he was so, uh, <laughs> That is interesting, and I can't wait for you to read The Eighth Tower now that you finally got a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Is it in there? Or something similar to Spectrum's uh, Frequency? Just the, you basically described a lot of what he talks about, about the Super Spectrum. Oh, nice. Yeah, I finally had to break down and order it. You know, so yeah, yeah, that's next on my list to read. Definitely, uh, got some great books ahead, and I, I don't know, just when you know Thomas mentioned that, I was like, oh, wait a minute, that could, that absolutely makes sense. And again, this is not a science by any stretch of imagination, because nothing's confounded. But what I, again, what I love about the show is they make it a science. They try to replicate. They try to take all the stuff away, and mm-hmm. other shows don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like how everybody, the whole team came in as skeptics right like okay okay and through their investigation through their experiments data collection everything you know slowly that changed every single one of those members on the team to like something something's going on well especially travis Remember him from the beginning? Uh-huh. Like all these Travisisms that he had and da-da-da. And then by the end of the season, he's like, well, wait a minute. I didn't th- believe that. However, you know, and it's still, you know, skeptic skepticism is what we call it. But at the same yeah. time, it's neat to see them kind of lean to wonder what that might be. And, and that's what's really cool. And it sets up an adventure for us watching it. because yeah. and, and that's what's cool about the show, too. I hope they. I hope on season two, they uh, elaborate more on the triangulation up in the air where the weather balloon and the GPS got uh, destroyed and everything. Like, I hope they kind of dive into that and try and see yeah. what's going on in that realm. Also, I have that theories. 
also that thing that's under the ground that structure that they found like i, I yeah would like, I, I, don't, I would like i don't get that I, i'm i'm hoping that that is something that they elaborate on hopefully it's worth elaborating on yeah and not just like well sometimes stuff malfunctions out here and turns out there was nothing there it was just yeah. the lidar being right dumb. it was just a big rock made of a specific kind of thing that kind of gave it that whatever you know yeah yeah agreed no agreed too cool i think it was great having him on so thomas you know if you're listening thank you you know appreciate it. and thank you very much for yes. the shout outs too because he uh you know <laughs> well i don't know if you have two listeners i'm like well hopefully we got more than two <laughs> but well maybe we got three now since you said something nice about us um, but I think that's awesome. You know, it's really neat when you kind of make that connection with, uh, the people we interview, you know, and, and I find mm-hmm. that he's one of them. So for sure. Absolutely. But yeah. anyway, you guys got any follow-ups on anything or no, no, I'm, I'm good. You're, you're, you're tapped out. Cool. Yeah. Well, so for those of you who want more of Thomas Winterden or anybody else that we interview, by all means, or if you have suggestions, you can actually write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Um, if you have a tale to tell, or you've been in the Uintah Basin, or you have some feedback, you can actually call us at 801-252-6945. Dastardly laugh. We're on all podcast platforms, and we are on social media as well. And I don't know if anybody wants to cover that a bit. Sure. Uh, we are at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instabook, and uh, at Strange Uncles on Twitter. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Maybe you should check it out and give me a reason to start editing stuff again. I mean, at this point, it's really on you, listener. So that, nice know. to throw the guilt trip on someone else. Yeah, that's always figure nice. it out. Exactly. Yeah, pack your yeah. bags. We're going on a guilt trip, and, Gladys. <laughs> and uh, rate and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. It helps with visibility, and we would appreciate it. Absolutely. So absolutely. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> thanks for us appreciate it um and yeah it's cool hopefully 2021 brings something better uh we do have other guests lined up that are kind of cool uh we've got actually i think god boys i think we got january already booked pretty much so oh, good you know Sweet. and plus uh plus research on our own so a quick little shout out to one of the patreon members mitchell you will be pleasantly surprised by our next when we don't have somebody interviewing we're doing a research um we picked a topic and uh, i gotta say guys i'm about three quarters in the book and it is john number one you would love it it's amazing it's i don't know i'm, I'm looking forward to it i will say not to yeah. you know spoil but I'm excited to read the Wikipedia entry about five minutes before we record on this one. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice setup, dude. So anyway, hopefully everybody's good. Um, enjoy your new year and uh, stand by for more, everybody. Close the gates. Bye.